Present, Brother Luke. Present, Brother Richard. Good. Then we can begin the ritual and welcome Gaddy, the monk, monk to Sheffield Wednesday. Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. My name is Richard Miller. I'm joined by my co-host who, after leaving the Lee Bullen fan club last week in a fit of pique, has now asked for me to beg on his behalf for his membership badge back, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? Oh, okay, Rich. Um, I am currently starting day one of, I don't know if a diet you've heard of, called the military diet, because I... I want to shed a bit of timber before okay. I'm getting some. Uh, so I'm doing this so I can lose some weight, so I can have some pictures taken of me, so I can go on do the horrendous world of online dating. Oh, lovely. And all the reason why? So I can chat to the beautiful women of Calgary about Gary Monk, the new Sheffield Wednesday manager. Hey! hey. It's what all the ladies are chit-chattering around. So uh, it's good to, uh, yeah, good to put yourself out there. Indeed. You could just do Photoshop and then live with that moment of disappointment when they're like, oh, that's what he's actually like. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um right well i mean this is we weren't going to do an episode but once again events have have uh, taken over and uh, without further ado breaking hoo-hoos the breaking hoo-hoos is uh, we've got a new manager yeah it's it's interesting that we've once again we felt that uh, this was something that we hoped maybe this would be something we'd do bi-weekly you know, which is, um, as you've pointed out, Rich, is where you sleep with one week, um, but you also sleep with another as well. Yeah. And we yeah, felt right. that that was it. Was I think that was ex- your exact description <laughs> of the event. <laughs> and we started this when we were on the precipice of uh, Steve Bruce, kind of uh, batting his eyelashes and umming and ahhing as to whether he'd still yes. be the Sheffield Wednesday manager for the 2019-2020 season. Uh, he then departed, and we've been through a bit of a. I feel like we've been through the ringer a bit. You know, it's. Um, it. Yeah, there's been so much Wednesday. It's we couldn't have done anything other than do to be weekly, really. So much Wednesday to go around. Indeed, and I think I, I want to say we've been through the ringer in terms of like the like the managerial rumors and yes. who could be coming in, and it's 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 felt like a bit of a long fable. It's. Um, it's felt very kind of Game of Thrones book length in terms of conjecture. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and the um, song of um, owls and uninspiring managers, <laughs> I think it would be called. <laughs> Lovely, very nice. Uh, yeah, and I think obviously Monk was a name. I think fairly early doors, but I don't remember that whether it was someone that we sort of paid much attention to. Um, so I think we're fairly fresh, and we, we've 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 been really good about not discussing. Uh, on whatsapp before talking so i'm really intrigued to to hear your initial thoughts um and then we'll probably sort of spin forward a bit and look at what that what we think it means for the season now that we've got a manager in post um i was just thinking of sorry rich Sorry, I'm just thinking, so it, it seemed to happen very quickly, having not really heard very much. Um, we had the rumour of uh, Danny Cowley being linked with the 
post um who i i i've singled out as a real a real milf manager i like to fancy um (laughs) i was was gonna say i don't think he's either um in his early 30s or look like he's had kids so it was uh, (laughs) a difficult one uh um but that that obviously there wasn't there wasn't much in that so he 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 did sort of strongly deny it when he whenever he was actually asked um but still the rumor mill was a wording there was the interesting thing with the Cowleaver is that the, so Huddersfield approached, I think agreed a compensation pa- package with Lincoln. Yeah. Then he turned them down. So he spoke very spoke very openly about that. Yes. About the thing with Huddersfield, and then was succinctly because this I think was Tuesday, and I think they Tuesday Wednesday midweek. I think yeah. they had a game against um, Doncaster or something like this. That's right. So he kind of came out then said, oh, and then but he was very very flippant and slightly aggrieved when he was being. Being asked about Sheffield Wednesday, so that that made you think, and also alongside the the strength of the the rumor and the sources and where it came from, which this was on Sky, so I I, I don't think Sky would have Sky sources Sky sources. I don't think Sky sources would have been too far off. So it kind of made you think, like, okay, this is someone who's maybe for the time being, while it's going through, you know, talk and agreements. Yeah, he's kind of straight batting it, but straight batting, straight batting is exactly the term. It's a term I've used a lot recently. I'm a big fan of that term, straight batting. <laughs> um, so it felt like there was something in it, and then it didn't really... I don't know how quickly these things would advance in that situation. I mean, Bruce felt a little bit protracted in that sense. Yeah, because I think we even had... The Steves took charge of a game before it was even officially confirmed, or they attended a game with it before it was even officially confirmed that Bruce had got the job. So it was almost like it was clearly sort of things were happening, but they weren't being addressed out loud. But this... Um, from the press conference seems to have happened quite quickly um so maybe we got to a certain point with the cowleys and once that fell through monk was our 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 clear second choice yeah so i guess in relation to that point we we don't know we don't know if there was any great movements with with danny cowley and we don't really know how that kind of went so because this is the interesting the interesting thing about all of this is like i said this has been a george rr martin kind of book about (laughs) yes you know a tedious wednesday managerial hiring there's no red wedding there's no the wall there's no white walkers (laughs) um but it is a bit of a kind of twisty tale in that respect because bruce is gone bruce went was it eight weeks ago is it now something like that does it feel that long ago or maybe it was a bit less. Maybe it was like six or seven or something. And then, and then there was conjecture. Then there was nothing happening. And then Bullen, and then continued with Bullen. So it felt like we were going down. And I, I understand that we've gone down the route of saying, is is the man, you know, was it the man beneath, you know, before our nose the entire time? Yeah. And the answer was no, <laughs> no, no. Maybe if you if you want someone who's probably going to be fairly middling and probably not kind of lift the players above where we are right now, then the answer is yes, but <laughs> that's not a good answer. No. So no. it's just, a, it's been a weird week. And then also right at the beginning, there was, I think there was like paper talk probably this time last week about Tony Pulis. Which, Pulis has still been a little bit in the frame. Yeah, well, I think that's when the Cowleys, especially set against Tony Pulis, that was, um, that was an absolute, <laughs> slam dunk you know um but i, I still i'm i'm very glad that 
um, the backup Welsh wonder is not uh, not the manager at Sheffield Wednesday. That's a that's a big relief for me. <laughs> um, so I guess in this context, because Gary Monk happened very quickly. Yes. Um, how much of that do you think may be related to potentially being turned down, possibly by Danny Cowley? Possibly. I mean, there's there's also a sort of vague conspiracy that we might have put something in place with the Cowleys for next season. Um, and Monk has kind of got a, a one, you know, one year to, to make something happen or, or we then go to the Cowleys. I, I sort of saw somebody putting that forward just cause it, cause it did feel strange. The course of events was strange. Um, and certainly local journalists like Alan Biggs was saying about some of the answers that were given by, by Danny Cowley in the week. It's like, you, there's a pretty easy answer to give if there's nothing happening at all. You just say there's nothing in it. Um, yeah. But to say that, oh, I've never heard of it. And st- like, it was kind of it was maybe more evasive than you need to be if, if there's not something to evade. Um so I think there's a there's certainly a few people kind of putting two and two together and wondering whether uh, a bit like what's happened with Michael Hector, there's a kind of deferred arrangement for some point in the future. Um, I think it feels a bit spurious <laughs> that... Uh, I think that's really spurious. I, I genuinely think that with this new managerial appointment that this is this is it. This is the... This is it. But the, the method by which we've got there is interesting. So a friend of mine, a mate of mine, Daz, sent me a text when the Monk thing was announced to say... This feels like something we could have just done at the beginning. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously we'll get into, we haven't said what we think about this appointment yet. <laughs> but the context is really interesting. <laughs> but the context is really interesting, and I think it has a great effect. The context always does. Like, you know, is a managerial, is it a manager's stock high right now? Is this something that's really going to get the fans excited? Yeah. Um, are they someone who's made a mistake somewhere else and maybe they feel they have the belief to not be kind of too tarnished with their reputation? Um, you know, all the way to all the way to someone like Tony Pulis, where I don't think I heard this, but I was listening to the Sing the Blues podcast and apparently some fans have been saying that, you know, the conjecture is this his last is this his last job type thing. Yeah. Last job before retirement. And um That's a lot of the talk with Bruce, wasn't it? Yeah. And I, I guess it's really, yeah, maybe I'm, we're going to just segue into, okay, so Rich, what do you think about Gary Monk, new Sheffield Wednesday? We've welcomed him through a ritualistic manner. <laughs> the tradition, as it's tradition. Of course, of course, as we, the Wednesday stone cutters we are, <laughs> with our robes and bells and <laughs> whistles, no, uh, candles. That's a rave, such. you were thinking of a rave. They do... Often they start in the same fashion, but they go in quite different directions beyond that point. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so well, I like how you've—I've twice sort of asked you the question, and you've—you've you've managed to uh, swither away. <laughs> I've slivered away like Steve Bruce up to um, up to Newcastle. I've but, given you some very Danny Cowley kind of non-answers about it. I'm going to just say it. So you say to me, so Luke, um, you've hired Gary Monk. What do you think? Well, he's very much a football manager, isn't he? Uh, He's done it. He's been there. He's done it before. He's managed teams, teams in the championship, no less. Teams we've played against. Yeah, he's certainly a man. And he's, also, he has played big. for us before, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna first off, I'm gonna come right out. I don't know if everybody's doing this, but I'm gonna just say it. I think it's weird that he spells Gary with two R's. Mm. 
Mic drop, yeah. Um, first, that's the first big thing that I've noticed about his time as manager is that's not how I normally spell Gary. Um, I, generally, I, I'm fairly pleased. I think having had the week of um, of Danny Cowley slash the Cowley brothers being feeling like it was it was gaining a momentum, that was exciting. Um, but at the back of my mind, I also know as Sheffield Wednesday, we've kind of been in that position of giving giving the guy a try who's who's done well at lower levels. Um, you could say that we sort of did that with Danny Wilson and we also did that with Paul Jewell. And both of those were really bad appointments for us in uh, in actual fact. But they were like calculating calculated gambles that kind of made a sense at the time um but it is it's exciting to some new is exciting i mean we the first episode we talked about the sort of the gray men of the managerial merry-go-round monk is not quite there although he's had an awful Mm. lot of clubs at quite a in quite a short time in management um but for me there's enough positives to pick from that 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 makes me quietly quite optimistic about how he's going to do and we we also know that we've got a good squad here um Certainly wouldn't have been my top choice, but I'm not. I'm not disappointed. My on my wellometer, I'm um, I'm not overwhelmed, but I'm I, I'm I'm slightly on that side of things. I'm a va- I'm vaguely whelmed. Um, how about you, Luke? That's a very. <clears throat> I think we're in very similar places. Um, I really hate to say it. We know that, as you said, conflict makes great broadcasting. Yes. <laughs> and me and you just go, you just give his opinion and be largely goes, yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> um, but a similar thing. I so uh, one thing I wanted to kind of segue into from the last talking about the gray men, the old gray men, the last old gray whistle test. Yes. Um, is your your Poulis, your man like Poulis, your man Poulis. Yeah. Um, your man Megson. Yeah. Your man Dave Jones, your man Steve Bruce, your man mm. Stuart Gray. Men, uh, men of a certain age, much like Scott Bakula and Ray Romano, <laughs> <laughs> join us on Different Gravy, where we make dated references to failed American sitcoms that didn't really get much traction on critical um, acclaim, though. Oh, critical acclaim, but not much, acclaim. not much popular and commercial traction to the side of Pond. Did you ever try? Um, I think it did. Didn't really, didn't really get into it. I'll be honest. Hard watch. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Hard watch. So uh, that's the interesting thing. Gary Monk uh, is not a man of a certain age. Gary Monk is forty years old. Yeah. Gary Monk isn't that much older than me and you. No. Um, And retired in 2014 at the ripe age of, I imagine, 35, 34, 35 at that time. Yeah. So an interesting one that he's not that far removed. And I guess it's not that far since his kind of great successes. And so, I mean, let's look at his kind of history book. Um, Swansea was very good at Swansea. Very finished eighth uh, one season at Swansea, which in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I think it was his first full season at Swansea. And then a a friend of mine, our, our good friend, Ed, shout out to Ed um made the comment that um apparently his kind of downfall in his Swansea career was the birth of his twins right and I do often make a, a weird wonder about how football players do becoming um and managers as new fathers you I mean I imagine I imagine it's even worse if you're a female football player and you know that's uh that's really difficult I'm glad they have Matt leave um <laughs> thank you thank you for punctuating that I was like there was a lot of work on that one. It was a really bad gag, and I kind of regretted it when it came out. 
and it felt a little bit flat. Anyway, so his time at Swansea came to an end. <laughs> and then where next? He went to... Was it Borough or Leeds he went to first? He went to Leeds, right? He did. He did. He went to Leeds. And Leeds he kind of did okay. I guess there's the weird thing that, like, how well do you do in realms of... I think there's been another connection to Wednesday made in that he's worked under... He's worked under some kind of, on a, on a spectrum, a, a difficult situation and yeah. maybe some slightly kind of fawny chairman. Not that I think Dejvon Chansiri is a fawny chairman. I just think that maybe there's some limitations that come. Well, famously, you think he's more like a crow than a thorn. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for, for uh, reminding me of that analogy I made. Um, a crow-like, or a Thai crow-like chairman. Sorry, I'm sorry. It just it, it was. Um, the I, thing that I caught his eye it. was the shiny tuna fish. I couldn't and help. He went after him when I was watching the press conference. I couldn't help thinking of your your comments. Do you think he looks like a crow? Now that I've made that analogy. Not really, but it was fun that you you said it. Um, I think it's because he, he keeps crows as pets, and people look like their pets. <laughs> I think that's it. That's it. That'll be it. That's it. That's it. So yeah. You know, like, you know, people have, like, you know, there's some film set with some sage, sage old man who's got, like, a, a pigeon nest on a roof in New York. Yes. Um, so it's just the same. He just keeps crows in, like, Hillsborough. Yeah. I like that. I like that it's idea. Like, everyone needs a hobby. Or um, I'm thinking of sort of Jack from Coronation Street with his pigeon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just crows. Just messages. Just crows, crows instead of pigeon. Um, him, him sending messages to uh, the Norwich chairman saying, um, I want eight million for roads and stuff. Exactly. Hand delivered by crows. This is getting very Game of Thrones like, so isn't silly. it? Yeah. It's getting so fantastical. We're welcoming a new fantastical world of Wednesday. It's, it's great. It's um, about time. It's about time it happens. It is about time. It really, really is about time. Maybe this is. Um, I think there's a TV series in this, I'll be honest. <laughs> anyway, so, so uh, he, he yeah. did, so did he do well enough at Leeds is an interesting question. I think that's something that people have been thinking about. And then he went to Borough and had a same deal. I think B- Borough, yeah. But then had a, I think had a very decent either points per game or win percentage or maybe both. Um, welcome to Different Gravy, the podcast where we're passionate about stats that we very very non-confidently bandied them about that they could be true or not yeah yeah well we we like stats but not enough to actually look them up yes that's that's it that's exactly (laughs) it so i guess some interesting kind of uh, turns at leeds and borough and then he went to birmingham and then if he felt he did very very well at borough sorry at brum birmingham well they survived their nine point deduction didn't they Um, and it's almost which is fairly and, comfortable. And kind of really took the wind out of the sails of a promotion charge. Yes. Or, or push for the top six, as it seemed like they were pretty pretty staggering when they had, you know, firing on a lot of cylinders. And not a great squad. I think his lead squad weren't particularly good either. Um, like, I think they had Rob Green in goal, who was very much over the hill by the time he got to Leeds on loan. Um, it's tricky. I think it, he's had such a kind of weird time since Leeds um it, it's a bit hard to kind of it, it's a bit hard to know where he's at 
and I suppose that's a bit that's a part of the gamble that we're we're taking. But there's always gambles in in uh, in choosing a new manager because outside of a very very small group, they've had some successes, they've had some failures. What where means we're not going to be is with Lee Bullen in charge for the Huddersfield game, which I think personally I was sort of dreading as a as a prospect, and it looked very realistic, I would say, um, because it was it felt like all the talk had kind of finished in terms of. Uh, potential managerial appointments mm. up until this this week when it all it all got going afresh it's almost like they didn't have anything else to talk about what do you think about um <clears throat> I, I feel that you're a far more kind of erudite and more aware um person when watching football than i am rich um what do you think about having seen some of monk's previous teams play against wednesday well he's he's never lost against us has he really I think he's. I think we've played against him uh, for as for the manager of four different teams, and he's never lost a game. Now I'm, I'm worried sure that I you're that statistic. Now I'm, I'm sure. worried that you're making him out to be the uh, Clinton Morrison of football managers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's not a good comparison, is it? No. Just because when we signed Clinton Morrison, people thought, well, we we kind of saw what he did against us, so we kind of want him doing that for us. What you mean, score, scoring against Wednesday for us? <clears throat> that was more likely than him scoring for Wednesday. Anyway, he mm. was Bobbins. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but I think he's had a bit of a, he's, he's more of a kind of progressive attacking, you know, his football is a little bit easy on the eye compared to compared to linking with Pulis and maybe a few other characters we've been linked with. I think so. I, I've I've seen some people say that he's he's maybe not quite as progressive as he's sometimes made out to be. So I think at at Swansea he had been there for ten years and they'd gone. He'd been part of their big transition where they'd gone up through the leagues um, and he was able to kind of carry on that same sort of style that had got them there um following on from martinez and um brendan rogers uh so i think they they did play good football his swansea team as far as i could remember it's a, it's a little while ago mm. um i don't remember thinking i i don't so having known that we've played against him several times i don't it doesn't stick out to me that his teams were particularly bad at diving or um you know kind of the things that you look there's some managers leave an impression where you're like oh we don't want to play them again because like mick mccarthy you know what it's like to play against a mick mccarthy team and i don't have any kind of negative imprints of playing against gary monk teams uh but i don't i don't i wasn't paying attention style of play to be honest to enough to say uh but we couldn't be much more direct than we've been for the last four games at wednesday and the interesting thing is i mean we kind of looked at the cowleys who seemingly basically just play to their strength for the players i mean my dad would always say you know you know the best style of football luke it's winning football i i i've got a lot of sympathy for that that viewpoint i think it's a multiplier isn't it because if you're however you play it's it's affected by the results that you get so lovely football but no results people have a i think they have more sympathy for that than negative football and no results but getting results is the most important thing and outdoes all the other stuff so yeah i think most fans will put up with some level of of a bit more direct play as long as it's putting points on the board that's the main thing isn't it we all we mm. all have hard won three points at the end of the day or a hard won 
draw from behind we don't you don't relish particularly games where you lose 3-2 having played wonderful football for 90 minutes yeah so i think the cowleys in basically their approach and what i was reading basically they like to mix it up which i'm a fan of i'm a fan of going as different methods as possible to get results you know but i, I don't like teams that are one track in in any kind of sense because you know it can be exposed and when it doesn't work yeah it's the plan a and plan b stuff again absolutely plan a and plan b i, I did read us st- uh, there was one of the st- when they were being linked very heavily with us somebody posted a link to a statistical sort of breakdown of how they play and lincoln actually played more direct football than any of their other competitors last year so mm. and that so i think it is sometimes it's in the eye of the beholder i remember really enjoying the football we played under paul storrock the year that we got promoted from league one because we scored wonderful goals, but that was that was percentage football. That was get it up as quickly as possible to the mm. end where you can cause the opposition damage and having players that were good enough to cause them damage when they got the ball. And I also think that's the thing I remember, you know, I enjoyed the football under laws, but I felt like the laws that, you know, a little bit similar in that approach as well. I mean, I guess for a lot of Laws' reign, we had, you know, Dion Burton up front, who was probably one of the best target men I think we've seen in the pool, yeah. you know for a good while at Wednesday. Yeah. And yeah, just, just made, you know, his work in that was just an absolute delight to watch. And then, I mean, when it worked for Megson, it was good. It was again, a similar deal. And, but it's that mentality of basically just getting up the pitch and then just having the players to do the damage from there. Yeah, definitely. So, but that was and that was the thing that I guess we were talking about the the last days of Bullen those uh, Bullen berries going foul. Um, it seems that I don't know we weren't really doing either to any great aplomb. You know Fletcher's doing a decent job of being a target man and hitting it long. In the team of the month, Fletcher, that was a nice little um, pat on the back for him. Yeah. But obviously the players weren't really kind of supporting him, and then we were doing the stuff where we tap it around the back and just invite a ton of pressure on ourselves and not really make the inroads to actually make the passes forward no to link up the defense in midfield to bring in these great midfield players that we have like bannon you know reach lee hutchinson to a lesser degree um to get them on the ball so yeah like i i almost felt like when i was hearing and looking into the stuff about uh, about danny cowley it made me think this is what i kind of hoped that bullen would be in a weird way yeah, there's too many teams in the championship that are basically that. The same as we've looked. Dilly-dally around at the back, cause yourself headaches, and then end up lumping it anyway. But because that wasn't the plan initially, you're not set up for it, and you don't do it with any great level of quality or any great plan of how to build from it. It, I just, you lose count of how many, t- I think sort of Brentford are a classic one of those, or they have been in previous years. You just watch them and they pass it around for five minutes at the back. There's nobody looking forward. There's no intention of getting forward. It's just wasting time in a different way. I mean, it's it's a little bit nicer on the eyes than rolling around, holding an in, uh, feigning an injury, but not much. <laughs> it's still pretty, pretty drab stuff. Um, so... I think to sort of prevent, you know, this is the idea. This is an unplanned uh, podcast to prevent us sort of meandering too too much. Mm. Uh, in terms of, of Monk being in place now, 
Um, I'd say my, my view is, is generally fairly positive, although with the uh, with all of the usual caveats in place. Are you falling on this on the same sort of place in the spectrum? I'm falling in positive. Um, just I want to kind of I'm trying to kind of list. I, I understand that I just completely did one of my usual um, Harry Maguire turning circles into different <laughs> areas and different places afresh. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of say that in kind of listing and thinking about positives. So seemingly not like not some great revolution of kind of passing on the deck football, but certainly kind of attacking and a degree of pleasing. Um, he seems to get seems to leave a good impression with players. The players like him from what I understand from previous regimes. Um, I, I, I like the fact that he's still young and he's not too divorced from things. Yeah. So I think when we look at on paper, I think that I think the thing that you've said that he looks like someone who is a bit of a gray man kind of journeyman manager, but he's not hugely like that. So that's good. Um, I like his balance. I like the way that he, he sounds like he's just a very balanced person. Yeah. I, li- I liked um, the phrase he kept using about the squad was capable, um, which definitely felt like a kind of purposeful it's like assertive but it's also managing expectations as well because he sort of said this is a capable squad but there's there's sort of 10 to 15 capable team what we've got to do is put ourselves in positions to let our quality shine and i do think we are in a nice position in terms of the quality we've got available um so it's but i think what we've struggled to do in, in games is you need to win enough um enough respect from the opposition so you've got to win that battle bit you've got to win the arm wrestle to then show your quality and i think with there's been too many games recently where we've not done that bit well enough we've not won the battle and therefore our quality hasn't come into it because we've not been in the game enough but i did like the fact he was one talking about the what's available there which is which is very positive uh but also with that note of caution that we don't we can't we're not in a position where we can just turn up and win yeah i i wanted to make allusion to i haven't read the book itself but um just in in kind of looking through the internet i wanted to kind of look at some more stuff just to really try and kind of be as sharp as i can for this podcast and just be okay. just have as much information i had on on gary monk and there's an article which i think was in <clears throat> the the Borough Gazette or Gazette Live or something along these lines, um, which was taken from a book called, by a chap called Michael Calvin called Living on the Volcano, which is him basically going around interviewing about um, four or five years ago. I think it must be about four years ago, interviewing football managers okay. across the Football League and the Premier League. And one of them, he did a chapter apparently on Gary Monk, and apparently it sounds really interesting. Um, this journalist who's written an article for Gazette Live, this was back in June of 2017. It's called Five Insights into Gary Monk's Methods from one of the best football books in recent years. Okay. Um, so he sounds like he's someone who's basically drills the players incredibly well, gives them so much information. Um, this is during his time at Swansea, and he had a, a message outside his office says, this is a team that makes no excuses. Okay. So I thought that was really interesting. I also yeah, want to make yeah. an allusion to this article. It's a good read. I also want to say that the Middlesbrough journalist, who um, one of his points is balance rather than bollocking. <laughs> Lovely. It's possibly the best uh, kind of subheadline in football journalism <laughs> in recent memory. <laughs> 
so that kind of goes back to the, the stuff I was saying about him sounding quite balanced. He doesn't. He's one of us. Don't get too up when it gets too up. Don't get too down when it gets too down. Okay. Yeah. And kind of treat the players kind of appropriately. Uh, the quote is, "When I'm angry, my players know it, but you don't have to go absolutely mental. If I spend five or six, ten minutes just bollocking someone." I haven't really helped him or the group. If I've gone nuts, I haven't given the information to make him better. Yeah, that's good. It's sort of, we've, we've touched on several themes along those lines, haven't we? That it's, uh, yeah, it's no use kind of chasing after the uh, chasing after the mistake that's just been made. Um, but make, ensuring it doesn't happen again is more about kind of building people up and giving them the skills to do that than, uh, mm. than just send them away cowering in fear, essentially. <laughs> I mean, I know this is the nature of the podcast and the nature of probably any kind of commentary or journalism or people talking to each other about about Sheffield Wednesday and about any level we are with the new manager now. All we really have to go on is what is his previous form like? What are the comments made about them? And so much of this is like, I like the cut of his jib. Yeah. I've also managed to p- pull up his record versus Wednesday, if Ooh. you're interested. Yes, please. So a 2-0 win uh, at Hillsborough with Leeds in the 16-17 season. A 1-0 win in the reverse fixture. Um, so Leeds won 1-0 at home. Uh, his last game as Borough manager, they won 2-1, and they came from 1-0 up. Yes, and then there was, that, was the, that was also the incredible game in which both managers were fired afterwards. Yes, exactly, yes. Um, uh, Birmingham, uh, this is last season. At their place, they beat us 3-1. Again, we were 1-0 up, um, and they pulled it back to 3-1, to win 3-1. And then uh, the last time was January 2019, um we again went one nil up and they and they drew it back to to one one draw at Hillsborough. So four wins against Wednesday and, and one draw in the in his time as a manager. Hmm. So just a bit interesting. I don't it's not I don't know how much it tells us. The one of the, the leads the one nil at Leeds was was the one where Rhodes missed the penalty, if you remember, if you can scour back to that. I don't know. I feel like Rhodes has missed. I feel like Rhodes has missed countless penalties for us. <laughs> I feel like every time he misses one, it makes four carbon copies of it in my head, <laughs> to the point where I've just discounted all of them. You know. <sighs> Dear. Yeah. Um. Well, I I do remember that when I sort of saw it, it's like, oh, name. <laughs> <laughs> Took me right back to the to the moment. Um. Because it would have been on television as well. Mm. Um. So with the manager on board now and um, our, our sort of quiet optimism about his uh, his appointment, where do we think does that adjust our ex- expectations for the season at all? Well, I guess it's the interesting thing. So we've talked about how well he did at Birmingham. We've talked about, you know, being in difficult circumstances at Leeds and Middlesbrough. I I would like to hope and think that he is the catalyst. Mm. But um, I don't know. I'm still, the jury's still out on that. I'll be honest. I don't think it's, I think we're at a certain power and a certain pomp right now with the squad and where we are with terms of wages and the players we have on the books. But, you know, we we can talk and we can fret and we can hum and haw and guffaw over <laughs> the great lengths of that. The squad is still a bit unbalanced, really. Um, yeah. I don't think it's changing much of my outlook for mid-table. Okay. But I wonder if I, I still feel like, in a weird way, mid-table is a spectrum, right? Yeah, it's, I think uh, we were both on the side of kind of upper mid-table uh, when we yeah. 
through our our predictions for the season. Although you know they're very speculative because you don't know who's how who's going to do well and how signings are going to settle at different clubs. But uh, for me, I think I, I feel like we're more likely than we were to finish up in the playoff. That's where I it's it's pretty much based on just a, a hunch. But I feel more positive, slightly more positive than I, than I did when we were making our initial predictions. But that might be that we finish seventh rather than eighth, um, or it might be that we 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 do get into the playoffs and and um, give ourselves the the opportunity to uh, do something big on the big stage. I feel like it's varying shades of saying we're good, but we're not that good. And I think that's kind of like if we've come seventh and eighth, that's the kind of, it's not really a lesson. I think it just says where you are. It's just like, you know, hey, if we were better, you know, we, we could be, we could be, we could be sixth or fifth. We could be coming into that playoff spot. And then who knows what happens because it, it largely is a bit of a lottery. Absolutely. So, yeah. But I, I don't want to say that like, mind you, you can always do better. And I think there's a football nature of, we talk about like previously the whole mentality of like, oh, we're just a striker away. Yes. Or, oh, we just need a 20 goal season striker. But then, you know, they're, they're very rare commodities. That's the that's the worry with the squad, isn't it? I think is goals. I think we look pretty strong everywhere, but my my worry going into the season and and it still holds up is we'll we'll struggle to get enough goals to 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 push us over the line. But there's different ways to win football matches. You can win one nil sometimes. Yeah, more often than not, and and that doesn't require huge amounts of goals. But I do. And don't you think that's and and that's I think that's just been so disappointing about a particularly easy start paper is that there's two games which is completely handed to the opposition yes it is frustrating um even free games i guess the free games that we've lost yes haven't felt that we've been severely outplayed actually maybe qpr i would say that i'll be honest yeah um but the goals themselves were just sloppy defending we've given away goals from set pieces um defending offset pieces and then obviously the the Preston game with Moses Adebayo just handing them two penalties. Yeah, I feel like we should we should have been we should have done better than the start. I agree. I agree. Um but we've also not done terribly the start. You know, we're at the no. moment we're on that track of that sort of um tired old adage of two two points a game. We we're, we're still on that track. Um but you're right, looking at who we've played, you you think probably it, those are teams that we should should be beating more often than not. I do think I do think if QPR managed to play anything like they did at, at Hillsborough for most games, I think they'll be one of the teams that's right up there this season because they look they looked really good. I I thought, but um, yeah, certainly Millwall and Preston are just kind of work a day, ten a penny championship sides and if you're hoping to be one of the better teams in the league you're probably looking to to get a point or three out of out of both those games so onwards and upwards yeah here's hoping i I really hope i'm wrong about that kind of trajectory but um i yeah i i think we can finish we might finish seventh or eighth yeah it's a distinct possibility definitely Mm -hmm. um Okay, well, any other closing thoughts, Luke? Obviously, um, one of the things that happened in the week was Hector go- is officially going to be going to Fulham now, so Michael Hector won't be joining Sheffield Wednesday again anytime soon, but we kind of knew that already. Yeah, that was something that was uh, long long rumoured. Long rumoured. Um, I, th- 
I, I like Borna. I think he's going to be a really good sign. And who he's been that? fantastic so far. It's just been incredible. Yeah. He's uh, Player of the Month for uh, Wednesday. Congratulations, Julian Borna. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that, well, I think it, it's uh, we've actually been slightly shorter than normal. This is amazing. Last time we said we were having a mini episode, it was one of the longer ones. <laughs> um but um it's been a treat to talk it over with you luke i like that we're both on the same page although as as you say a bit of conflict is always quite fun to dig into but um i'm sure we'll figure out something <laughs> to have raging arguments over yeah i mean the, the you didn't you rise to the uh the the questioning the double r's in gary for a start that's something to maybe circle back to later on in time um i'm also worried from the pictures that Gary Monk doesn't have any top teeth. All of the pictures he's doing kind of a weird Rodney Trotter kind of not not quite smile. So again, that's something that's a level of intrigue to to follow over the the weeks to come. Does he? I also did have that picture that was on the star um the star rouse page and it says Gary Monk was coy on targets for the season's unveils new manager Sheffield Wednesday and there's a picture of him which he's kind of looking to the heavens like some kind of devilish uh, ventriloquist puppet <laughs> and it really scared the crap out of me i'll be honest we'll put it in the uh we'll put it in the show notes for the podcast so people aren't missing out but yeah i can i'm missing out on a, actually, a, a you view. can see his you can see his top teeth in that one so he does have them but why doesn't he like showing them um <laughs> That is a brilliant, um, that picture is so funny in terms of just, oh, we've got the headline. I'm going to use the word coy in the headline. Do you have anything that fits the bill? And they're like searching through all the photos. <laughs> like, oh, this one, he looks like a, yeah, he looks like a confused mannequin. Yes, that's the one. Coy. He's being coy. Um, nice to see. It's a bit like, oh, did I do that? <laughs> it's almost a bit like a kind of wondering. It reminds me a bit of the Nicolas Cage, you don't say meme as well. Yeah, it's more that than coy, isn't it? It is. It's it's very strange. It's very, 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 very strange. It was the thing that irked me the most with the press conference. <laughs> and I mean, also, I mean, like, while I'm just completely going to town on judging a man on his appearances <laughs> when I'm... I'm no oil painting myself. Um, he's a man with a very shiny face. It is shiny. I don't know if it's a light catching him or whether he's just far more kind of oiled or moisturized than I am. But it it's just, it's a terrifying picture. And I'm really, really, I, I, I'm almost considering a, a letter to the star about it. It's, it's bad. <laughs> I also like the fact that knowing how long post takes between... Uh, north america and the uk that some somewhere around about christmas they will receive this (laughs) (laughs) crayon scrolled (laughs) message from you why is he so shiny (laughs) anyway welcome to sheffield wednesday gary monk i hope it's successful for all of us and i'm look i'm yeah, I'm. I'm. After all this talk, I'm really looking forward to the game next week against Huddersfield. Me too. Well, that's it. Yeah. Well, cheerio, Luke, and uh, we'll we'll talk post Huddersfield. We'll chat then. Have a good one, Rich. Cheerio. <laughs> See you. Got some more um, monastic chanting. Oh, beautiful.